Aloha, this is Clint Hansen with Maui Real Estate Radio, and you're listening to us at 11.10 a.m. on the KAOI Radio Group. Uh, this is our Monday morning 7 a.m. show as you're driving uh, to work, hopefully. Uh, if not, there's many places that you can hear us. Uh, you know, we go on a variety of podcast channels, and of course, we put it on the internet and YouTube as well. So wherever you get your podcast, definitely listen to us. Uh, today, we are... Going to stop for quite a while on uh, talking about real estate. Uh, instead, we're going to be talking about stories of the Lahaina fire. It's important that people get their story out there and we get to help people that need it and to, you know, know our community. Uh, today, of course, always have Byron Yap of, uh, uh, well, actually, you changed. You're back, right? You're now with... Um, American Savings Bank. Yeah, ASB, American Savings Bank. Sorry, bit of a brain fart there. And uh, today we also have, of course, uh, Maui Mike of Maui's Beach House. Hey, Mike, how's it going? Really good. Really good. <laughs> All right, on. Thank you for joining us. So I want to ask and start out with just the general, like, how do you know Maui? How long have you lived here? What's your connection to Lahaina and the community? So uh, we moved here in the mid-70s. My mom and dad were the ones who brought Kentucky Fried Chicken to Maui. And so we All had right. a Lahaina store uh, that a lot of the Lahaina people Grew up with the Kentucky Fried Chicken. Our Wailuku store is where Steelwells was. It used to have a bucket going around. Yeah, I know. And then we built the Kahali store. So, um, you know, I've worked in that, that Lahaina store since I was 14. And so uh, today I bumped into uh, some, um, to a family that owned Nagasakos. And I was telling them that, you know, I grew up with that store. And then they're like, well, when we used to go out to eat, our big thing was either McDonald's or Kentucky Fried Chicken. And they're like, but we wanted to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken. And, and so, you know, we really felt like we bonded because our stores were nearby each other. So, yeah. yeah, that's what brought us to Maui. I went to Kia School, St. Anthony, University of Hawaii, surf club in high school. I grew up with the Nagasakas. It's funny that you bring them up. <laughs> Thumper yeah. was my god brother. So, you know, we well, were they're the heart and soul of Lahaina. I mean, they're, they're probably yeah. the oldest family general store in the oldest town in Hawaii. Yeah. You think about it. So, yeah, they're definitely a fixture and amazing family. And my heart goes out to them, them and their family because they, yeah. they lost the you know, homes and everything. So, yeah. When did you open up Maui Beach House? Tell us a little history about in the middle of Lahaina. Where, when did, how'd that story go? So um, I opened up Maui Mike's Beach House around 2010, 2011. Prior, it was a, a motorcycle and exotic car rental place. Um, and uh, I'd been teaching surfing on the Lahaina side since like 1997. Um, and so I know I wanted to eventually have a store there. Um, I kind of modeled it like these stores, like uh, from um, like over in Oahu, I, I saw surf shops where they had shave ice and a surf shop and so on. And I wanted something kind of freestanding and, you know, made out of wood and not a stucco building and, you know, family owned, rent, family owned store. And so, uh, yeah, we, we, I got that spot and uh, we, we, we do everything. We do shave ice, hot dogs, acai bowls, kind of like a general store. We rent surfboards, stand-up paddle boards, kayaks. Uh, we, we, you know, sold rash guards and retail items and so on. And it was just kind of a cool hangout, you know, like everyone I've known since elementary school would cruise by and hang out and talk mm -hmm. story. And yeah. That's awesome. And tell us, tell me, okay, so 
the morning of the fire. Where were you? Tell me what, what happened. How did that day progress? I really want the people to understand how that day progressed for you. So um, we opened the store at 8 a.m. My girl, Kimberly, who is a fixture there, uh, called me up and said, hey, uh, these winds are stronger than anything I've ever seen. And she says, it took her 10 minutes to walk 30 feet to the door. And she said, all our tables and our kayaks were just swirling around the parking lot. And so she said they, they had to have been 60 plus mile per hour. She could just never see anything like it. Uh, electricity was off. I called a few people I knew in Lahaina. They said it was off since like six in the morning. And so uh, I just said, you know, hey, there's a couple of people going to drop off some boards, get them in the store, lock up and go home because the electricity going to be off all day. So uh, a few people had stopped by the store to check on her. And then they all drove out at 12. And at the time, uh, Kiavi Street had like a tele uh, electric pole crossing the street. So you couldn't go up Kiavi Street. And my friend, uh, my friend Doug was driving out towards Pulmon on the, on the highway and he saw all of them drop right in front of him. So they turned him around and then somehow he got out of Lahaina Luna Road, uh, but there's no fire yet. And so we're sitting, you know, at home, you know, going, okay, well, electricity's gonna be out. And then um, three o'clock, they, they said there was a fire and I don't quote me as, but I, I think it's the same place that they had it in 2018 where those few homes burnt down on Lahaina. It was like the exact same place with a very mm. similar situation where they had high winds at that hurricane as well. But, you know, the confidence of, well, okay, it's under control, just like what they did last time, everything's going to be fine. And then all of a sudden the reports start coming in at, you know, 7, 7.30. And um, I, actually about five or six, uh, my friend Keith and this guy, Johnny, they actually lived in the apartments across the street from my store, which is that road that takes you straight down to Baby Beach. And um, their place burnt down. They actually saw the the wall on fire and their bed explode and they got in the truck. And so they were stuck in traffic trying to get to Kahului around five o'clock. And um, I said, well, come to the house. So they're staying with us. I go, cause they lost everything they had. So then I started calculating, you know, okay, across the streets on fire, but you know, I'm next to that big gas tank. So I'm thinking they're not going to let that thing explode. So hopefully my store is going to be okay. And then it was just one horrible, horrific story after another, you know, Lahaina front street and, um, the, the apartments and so on. And then it took to the next day before anyone could actually identify that our whole area um, burnt down. And then, um, you know, it just, uh, it's all bits and pieces that we've heard and so on. We, we you know, obviously we, we can't go back there until they take care of everything. So we yeah. don't really know other than photos, you know, what's really at the, at, on the store grounds or anything like that. And, from the videos that I've seen, it looks like it's a, you know, complete loss. There's really yeah. not a lot left other than, you know, the slope and the foundation skeleton of a car. And, and um, you know, it, it, I was really kind of shocked, you know, and I was even puzzled where it was the first times I was going by until I saw that giant tank still right there. And then, of course, I saw the train, too, and I was like, oh, my God, like, it's it's literally unrecognizable, the area. So, <clears throat> I mean, we're, we're hope, hoping to be hopeful because we thought, well, it's all cement on the ground around the tank and all our foliage had been cut down and, you know, it's cement around the area. And unfortunately, we had all our really fun vehicles there. We had the bug, yeah, we had a, 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 um, that uh, smart car. And then we also had what, uh, <laughs> sorry, Byron, 
Um, I bought a truck from Byron, uh, a <laughs> Japanese truck that I yeah, paid across, uh, and, and, and the truck burnt down. Uh, but it was all these fun cars because um, our branding in the store was like, you know, you go somewhere and the house was turned into a boutique or a microbrewery. And this this building was just exactly, it just said local, family-owned, fun place. And and the the reggae colors, we we did all the cars there so you could tie it to the building. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. So those vehicles went too. All we, these years we, we probably had the- about 400 surfboards. Um, and Santa paddle boards because we prided ourselves in having the biggest selection for like people who actually surfed really good. And um, our, we, we were probably known as the place to buy a used surfboard from. I mean, yes, anyone Lahaina, they're sending them to our store because you know, had the rental fleet and so on. And so everything from people needing special swim shorts or fins because their kids are learning to swim at the Lahaina pool. You know, we, there's not a whole lot in Lahaina. And so they'd come there or the, kids, you know, looking for their first shortboard or, you know, kind of cheeky came to my place and bought a longboard for her 16 year old daughter. Um, you know, so, so it, we were really entwined and that made me really proud because, you know, being from here and having all these, you know, it wasn't, it, it, it was really tied into the community in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So we, we had the fire, then you found out what do you estimate your losses? I mean, ballpark, I mean, we don't want anything detailed, but like ballpark, be, being a small business owner on Maui, what do you estimate and what's what are you going through right now? Like, how's the insurance? How's FEMA, SBA? I know this is new for you. Tell us yeah. how you're navigating these waters. Um, so it's, it's, it's very, um, I, I, it's very wearing, you know, because it's just, it, I, I tell you that before I answer that, I just want to, with anyone that I'm bumping into now, like the Nagasaki I met, I just said, you're not alone because we're just so scared that we'll never, we don't know. And we lost everything. And then you're used to trying to take on things yourself that those phone calls, texts and messages were great. Cause it gave me just enough confidence, like an adrenaline shot thing. Okay. I can do this. I can do this. But going back to the paperwork, um, our insurance guy called us up right away. Um, we we're undersured. I'd say about a third of the inventory uh, we're going to get reimbursed for. Um, you know, I, um, the property's owned by by another company. Uh, we had always been in talks about eventually buying it from them. Um, now that the thing's just flattened, and that's not their main business. Uh, I just don't know. I mean, I've got a great relationship with them. I'm, I'm praying that they'd be open-minded to saying, hey, you know, if you want to try and do something on the lot or build building or something like that, but they might just flat out say, we don't want to deal with it, which means I, I lost I lost the land underneath the business I could build on. So I just, I, I, I have no idea on, um, and trying to find another place, that's really uh, one of the issues that a lot of people need to talk about I was talking about that COVID because my friend got shut down with her little jewelry store on Front Street, but she had to pay that high rent the whole time. And I said, you know, we should get a bigger lot and approach the county and put five or six small businesses, kind of like how Kalama Village was, and own the land underneath the business because we can't afford Front Street. You know, there's no small business opportunities. You know, yeah. I, I don't want to say low income business, but there isn't, there's there's nothing. And so maybe it's a good talk for them to bring up which is hey let's designate some land and put all these 
because they probably won't be able to afford to go back to Front Street, to be honest with you. I mean, it's going to probably cost a lot of money to rebuild that. And well, you know, it's what not is, really possible to rebuild Front Street because yeah. the way the setbacks are, uh, you know, even the ones that are across the street from the ocean, you couldn't build the way the current setbacks are. I mean, there's been a lot of talk, but there's not a specific plan of action. And obviously, Lahaina Town's in the midst of grieving. They're not going to be ready to... You know, have those in-depth discussions yet but you know other places that they've had disasters that codes have changed and there's no way to rebuild they generally have a rule of aesthetic that they have to apply to and then there's you know like you'd probably call it something along the lines of the Lahaina D district disaster code and it would be good for uh, you know, 10 to 15 years it would be a variance that allowed you to build what you had there and even though it it's a variance on the current set of code. Um, I don't really see it as too much of an issue because it's like 10 feet high there. It's not like four feet high above ocean level. It's, you know, pretty well protected. Um, I don't know how the federal government would work with those things that are across the street from the ocean uh, that are on the ocean itself. Um, so those might not be able to be built ever, no matter what. I do know that there's oftentimes special dispensations for uh, disaster scenarios. But of course, um, a lot of those major discussions haven't happened yet. Um, and I'm interested to see what ends up happening. But there's so many weird scenarios here. You know, uh, a lot of people are worried about eminent domain and having their properties taken away from them. Um, a lot of the properties in there are second homes, though. You know, they're not necessarily uh, live in residence, but still, even though they're second homes, they were filled with Maui people because they were rentals, you know? And, and that, uh, that's one of the things that I'm, I'm just praying and I'm really concerned about is the families that have homes on Lahaina Luna Road. Because if you ask anyone, you know, where's a reasonable place that, you know, my son can rent a room or right. Ohana mm -hmm. or a cottage, being that's not a CCNR landscape committee, blah, 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 track development that they allow those people to be able to kind of somewhat rebuild what they had because they've got family members and, you know, multiple families on a property because that's the only way we can survive to live. So I'm, I'm praying that they keep that in mind and don't like turn it into some big track development saying that they're doing this great idea. And then all those people realize they go, wow, you know, there's no place for my son to live or my nephew or mm -hmm. something like that. Cause that was a beauty of, of that Lahaina area and the Waikulu yeah. area is that, you know, you can find, a place to live and it was, it was somewhat reasonable and everyone kind of worked out a good deal. So we went straight to FEMA yeah. and filled out with FEMA, but then FEMA, because it's a business, um, directed us to the SBA. And then we were filling out the thing with SBA. So they're pushing us into loans and they're not talking to anything about replacement or grants or helping in that area. Um, and then, and so, so now we're in the process of filling out, SBA loans, I guess. And then um, and then after we do whatever we do with SBA, then we got to go back to FEMA. And so we have we have no clue. Uh, um, and and there's like like you're saying with all the balls in the air. My, my goal is to my last breath. I want my store, but some kind of version of that store, because that's it's just part of who I am and part of my my friends, and my family and the community. And it's just that's where I that's where I want to be. But I just, I just, the logistics right now, it's just kind of like, well, you know, I just lost my 
you know, paying my job and I lost all the stuff that, you know, I just got to kind of wait it out and, and um, see what I can get replaced. I, I still have a huge loan from um, COVID. I had a big EIDL loan, you know, and a lot of that was inventory in the store and, you know, get enough employees to, to work the stuff. And so now I don't even know. So I'm going to take another loan. I still got to pay the other loan. And I don't know. I just, it's, it's beyond my education level. Yeah. One of the things, have you talked to your previous loan? Because oftentimes there's an insurance policy built into that loan that if your store burns to the ground, it it basically nullifies it. But of course, 100%, that's a question for your insurance and more importantly, your loan, you know, that you were with previously. So, Mike, uh, Maui, do you feel like right now you're kind of in limbo with your life, with the business? Because are you getting any communication? You know, it sounds like you're just sitting there kind of like, I don't really know what to do. I'm doing the steps of SBA FEMA. You know what I mean? But I don't know if I'm ever going to be billed there. It sounds like that. Is that what you're going through right now? Absolutely. Yeah, I just absolutely just, And, you know, I'm just I'm trying to do what, what responsibly I'm trying to do. Um, but I just, I mean, I just, it's just too many questions to answer. And, and I, and I don't want, you know, I understand that, you know, they, they got a lot to do in that area and, and so like that. Um, I mean, and, and just stuff that's not important to most people, but like, so when the fire happened and then all those, like the tourists are in hotels, they told them get out, you know, I was getting calls like, Hey, here's a picture of your two surfboards. They wouldn't let me put in storage at the Sheraton. So it's behind the bushes at the front door. And so I'm wondering, you know, okay, my surfboard's in front door, but then I couldn't get to Lahaina. And, you know, and then, you know, and 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 last thing I want to do is call anyone, like, or even, you know, because because I'm like, I understand this is the last thing that's important. I just say like that. But somewhere down the line, you it, it'd be nice to be able to retrieve some of these things that are, are not in the Lahaina fire area or something like that. And so we've actually... We're able to retrieve a few boards and 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 so on and and but like we've got six boards that are you know sitting on, on to the side of um, homes at Pulmana that didn't burn down but you know I just yeah. I I don't know I don't even know how to ask let alone you know and I don't want to be a burden but I just but, you know but that's the last six of months you have. I, yeah I don't know it's a real it's kind of a weird situation because I understand it's not important but it, I don't have anything and. It'd be nice to recover some, something. Well, it is important because, I mean, what else do you have at this point, you know? And you got to start from somewhere. It's nice to be able to have a little piece of the past in addition to the actual item itself. But no, I mean, it's the only connection you have left to your business. And what do you do at this point? Because, you, you know, getting an SBA loan, you'd basically be wanting to work more on a mobile basis because it'll probably be years and years before another physical location is available so, you know, if you could just have it as a lot, sure. I mean, I suppose you could be operating mobily out of vehicles and, you know, maybe get more of those Japanese style vehicles and, you know, yeah. you rent the whole car with surfboards and everything. Yeah. It's a package, you know. <laughs> but if I had a dream situation, it would be if if the if the highway opened up and that's off the highway that I could, you know, Put a food truck there and do my shave ice and hot dogs and stuff and get yeah. a matching container and you know so for the surf equipment and stuff and then just kind of just you know fence in the area a little bit and then and then hopefully maybe you know talk to 
see if that you know company would ever sell me the property and then and then rebuild. I mean that yeah. that'd be the dream dream situation. Um, I I I really just don't know what to do because I, I I don't Lahaina is my home. I mean Lahaina is the best place to go surfing year round. And there's always waves along the coastline. It's I just I have no interest in being on Kahului side or South side or something like that. And and job wise and stuff, I just I don't know. I'm gonna just have to figure it out. But I definitely would like to work on this uh, Maui local businesses because I think I've really defined it, which is as not to insult anyone, but a Maui local business is where the owners live on Maui. Yeah. A Hawaii local business is where the owners live in Hawaii. It's not saying anything bad about anyone or anything like that, but we're the ones who are paying for our kids to go to school and the grocery stores and our mortgage and all that stuff. And a large amount of that money will stay on Maui, where someone's just- It's 100% basically, yeah. Yeah, they're just paying rent and labor, but the rest is just leaving the island. So it's, you know, you still got Maui made and you got all these things, but I don't think anyone's ever defined it like that. And I think that's a, it's, it's a fair and honest approach to saying, you know, if you, if, if you live here and your business is here, you know, that, that that's pretty much a local business. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't know. And, you know, Richard Bisson went to school with my brother and I at St. Anthony. Um, so I just, you know, and a lot of my friends have local businesses and stuff said, you know, that's something that they could be along with. So maybe I'll just start to kind of work on that. And so, when they do rebuild or something, maybe they can, you know, um, kind of help help the local businesses. I don't say first, but you know, um, help them some way. What happened um, when you talk to the current landowner? I mean, what is their thoughts on the situation? I know they. We're still drawing up a letter because it's. I don't want to say it's a touchy situation, but I got to be careful what I ask for or say. So I'm like writing it up and then having someone read it and stuff because um, there's a lot of things people understand about businesses unless you have it. Like, so we were required to have insurance to be able to rent there, but then they got this thing called cam and the cam pays their property taxes. They actually take it out of the cam and also pays for their insurance on that property. So in a sense, I'm paying for two insurances. So I don't know, is there, I had heard from other landowners that, the, when the landowner owns a commercial building, they actually have to insure my merchandise in case their wiring burned down. So it's not that they're, it, so just ask them, like, hey, I'm not here to hurt you or whatever, but is yeah. there anything in your insurance that can help me? Because it was kind of tied to, you know. So that's so, typically so, one of the things that your insurance company is, you know, uh, tacked with reaching out to them to find out how to settle in the, in the most part of it you know yeah. and what type of there's because that's a thing that is interesting about most insurances is the united states is probably overinsured in most situations um and cam is a, a, a very good point in that so you know absolutely reaching out to them and be like look i know this is and tell it like it is it's it's certainly a lot more difficult for you because that was your every day you know to them it was a check that would come in the mail and i'm sure there's some connection to the property but it's they're not the person that was there day in and day out the guys that own us um own the lot next to me and so they're the gas company yeah and so they're out of business in lahaina as well and they're they're you know obviously they're very successful and 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 my property was just probably an investment property just because it was next to theirs. So I know that their concern about renting out that lot is probably the last thing on their mind. 
and I got to be aware of that. I'm just like, hey, just want the communication going back and forth. And um, I know there's a lot of balls in the air and stuff like that, but just, you know, appreciate it if you could just give me some thoughts of possibilities in the future that we can talk about, you know, because I, I, I tell you, I really actually like them very much because uh, I've been with them for about 15, 16 years and they um, have always had a, a, you know, I could pick up the phone and call them and, and, um, and, you know, so, and I think they feel the same about me. So, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll see. And if not, I guess somewhere else in Lahaina or Cotopoli or I don't know, wherever, something like that, you know, maybe I might be able to fi find a location I can build on. Has all your employees gotten out safe and okay from this event? Yeah. Yeah. And that's really my main concern over everything right now is, you know, you know, obviously I got a daughter that's going to school and um, my employees, it, you know, one's been with me since 2003. Um, and so they all likely, um, they, they're all out. They've got a riff over their shoulders. Um, I'm having them go on unemployment and, you know, and, and, um, you know, a lot of them were actually more distraught than me because I'm a little bit more logical. And I, I just, it, that's the thing too. It's like when you're grieving for something, you, know, you just, it affects people differently. And being that I haven't really been on the property or something, I just uh, almost feel strange that I'm handling this logically because it, um, everything I had to, to my name was upstairs at that store because I was living there for a long period of time after a divorce. And, um, and so all my childhood portrait picture, I mean, I, I basically lost my home on top of my store, uh, but my employees, I just, God, they're so, there's, there's so much like family and they're distraught and stuff. And, and um, yeah, I just, I just, you know, what, you know, you got this crew of people that you've been taking care of and building something with, and I don't really have answers and they don't expect it, but it's just, it's just, it's a real mess. This whole thing, hard is, thing is for everybody to figure out what they're going to do for the future and motivate themselves for the new opportunities that are out there. Because, I mean, that's the only thing you really can do at this point is, you know, pick up the pieces of the life that you had and look to the future to create a new one. And that's really the only thing that you can do is, is sometimes you have to start over at square one. I mean, at the end of the day, the building is gone and you, you don't have that business anymore. So certainly you can pick up the pieces and, and do something, but this is no longer like, you know, one day we're going to do this. So you got to think of it as like, this is day one. This is my chance. This is my start. And I got to make a plan for the future. And I think, you know, that's what you got to do is you got to reach out to them, you know, today. And and the first thing, and while these conversations are hard to have, given how hurt everybody is by this, they need to happen. You know, they need to be uh, worked out. And, and of course, it is even made doubly hard by the fact that the whole town, you, we don't know what the plan is for rebuilding or going forward or how federal funds are going to be playing into this 100%. Because this is, you know, the cleanup alone is going to be over a billion dollars and take, you know, one or more years. What are you going to do with the millions of metric tons of, you know, basically toxic waste? You're going to, you're basically going to have to ship it off to some other country or, you know, find a dump somewhere, you know, dig a hole in the ground and put it or, you know, convert the ash into a form of concrete to build who knows what. So there's a lot of very difficult issues but having that conversation first with your landowner and see what their plans are is going to be an important one so i definitely say reach out to them and like i said today's day one you know yeah 
Yeah. Hey, Molly, how do we, um, you know, this is a process. Do you have a GoFundMe? Do you have an email? How can people reach out to you if they want to support you? I, I know I've seen some on social media. I'm not there that much, but tell us how we can as a community, because that's our important thing right now we're doing. We want to share the stories of business owners in Lahaina, people in Lahaina, everyone in Lahaina that we can touch that, hey, how can we as a community, because you know how Maui works, right? I live in Kahalui. It's like another world. We're all going to work, celebrating or whatever, up country or whatever. You know, it's totally different. We don't see because we're, we only see images, not the story. So how can we support? Because this is going to be a long haul, whether it's financially or mentally. What can we do as a community to help you, Maui? Um, so we, we do have social media. We have a website, um, mauisbeachhouse.com. Um, on Facebook, we're mauisbeachhouse.com. Mauisbeachhouse. Instagram, we're mauisbeachhouse. And we have all the information um, pinned to there, and anything helps. Even just a, even just a shout out of hello, means the world to us. Yeah. Uh, if anyone's connected to, um, I don't even know who would be, in, you know. But if anyone's connected to future resources of a place to be able to build a business on or a property that a bunch of us local businesses can eventually buy and build something or something like that but anyone who's got that i tell you there's a lot of really scared small businesses out there you know friends of mine and stuff and you know all i can do is is just tell them and say hey uh if we have to pull our resources or yeah. you know go in on something together or whatever but if there if there was someone who could commit create at least a conversation and say you know it it really would be a good investment in the community um creating I don't want to call it land, but or some, you know, loan or something that we could buy as triple land and you know put some business local businesses on, um, and actually maybe help some of these businesses, uh, maybe own the land underneath the business. Yeah. You know, except you know it's being at the mercy of wondering if you're going to get kicked out the next month because they decide to get more rent or whatever the case is. So you know, it's it, an interesting it, concept too because. Uh, we started a community land trust, Nahali O'Malley, and it's like affordable housing in perpetuity. Um, and it's actually leasehold. It's owned by a 501c3 and it's shared ownership with the tenant that's in there. But the cool thing is when they buy property in the future, like, you know, another house that's technically still a first time home buyer. wonder if there's something like that that can be done where, you know, a piece of commercial land is owned in partnership with the businesses that are there so that it's more affordable to operate and, you know, is specifically designed for locally owned and operated businesses as opposed to having to be, you know, you know, working with other major mainland franchises that are, you know, hard to compete with, you know, sometimes, a lot of these businesses from the mainland can run into a situation and run at a deficit for a decade and not have to be profitable, which that's just not an option for a local business. So um, I, yeah. I, I totally see what you're saying there. You know, a, a, connection, a connection or conversation that they could be brought to it would be a godsend. I mean, just because I, I, I'm just not, I want to know even where to go with that, but I, I do understand the concept uh, from almost everyone. I know they're going, gosh, you know, if I just could, you know, somewhat own the land or, or, or where the case is so I can get my payments down lower so I'm not so stressed about the business and I can, you know, yeah. build the business where I want to do and so on. But it can help, help local business owners have a place to well, do business. It's interesting you mentioned that because one of the lifebloods besides the people themselves and their homes, 
was all the small businesses in Lahaina. It was more important there than anywhere else. I mean, if you really look at it, there wasn't any really big box companies there besides Safeway and the Foodlands. You know, every time you went to Lahaina, it was because I want to go to Maui's shop or I want to go to um, the bakery or surfing and come to something. So I'm really hoping that they, they really understand that, that the small business is the lifeblood of the business community in Lahaina. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think when I, going back to this, you know, Maui local businesses, um, I can help identify a lot of businesses that, like I said, they they live here, they've had a business here for a long period of time, you know, and, and there's a lot of them there on Front Street that whatever happens Front Street like that, they're not gonna be able to get that family. I mean, there's businesses that have been there 40 or 50 years, uh, two or three generations that, so, you know, Aloha Wear or this is Scrimshaw guy and there's it's a business like yeah. that. But everything else popping around is, you know, large mart or someone's skin creams and corporate store, corporate store. And it, it was starting to lose the charm there. And, you know, you got to ask, well, where did these companies go? Well, that's why they have such a big open market at the Lahaina Gateway on Sundays. That's the only place a, a low-income business can go is Kalama Village, Swap Me, and Craft Fairs. We have to set up and break down, but there's they, it, that's where they're headed. And if you're a restaurant, they're all in food truck lots because I mean because brick and mortar is not available for small to mid-sized local businesses. And and it, it the signs of the times have been in front of us for the last 10, 20 years, and it sees where it's going. And I think it's time. And then dealing with, you know, typical codes and stuff like signage and stuff, you know, they, I can't tell you how many local businesses just got, before COVID, were just really having a hard time to be able to have more than one sign on a brick and mortar spot. And I'm thinking, you know, you know, why are they so hard on these guys, you know, if they're a local owned business and they live here and they're like that, you go, shouldn't they give them a little leeway or it's just like, you know, okay, you know, you, you know, you're, you're not good at social media and and you, you need drive-by business, you know, you know, and so a group of local businesses would be able to kind of have a better conversation than one person yeah. dealing with the planning department or one person dealing with that. But the yeah, connection, the you guys got connections, yeah. We could yeah. use I that, guess that the, huge. I guess the main thing is everybody, including the homeowners and the bit small businesses have a seat at the table to define, yeah. like they're saying, define what Lahaina is going to be in the future. And you all work together, you know, because it is a sad, tragic event. We have lives lost, but we also have businesses lost. It's a combination of things that hopefully the community can get together and work with the state and the federal to put this as a better vision for Lahaina, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I, th I think that's one of the concepts of going forward is, you know, previously the major issue, of course, was a lack of parking and uh, the way things were divided up is there's obviously the major shortfall of residential locations. And uh, so other business models that have been working is actually live work scenarios where you have residential upstairs and commercial downstairs. The idea is to have, you know, the ability to have a connected town where people live and work all together. 
So, you know, whether or not they have to move the town a little bit further away from the ocean or maybe make that whole front street not available to cars and only a walking community, more, you know, uh, transportation, you know, like maybe a small little rail system that could get there from an off-site parking area. So make it a large walking community in addition to uh, shops that are spread out. So it's just more interconnected where you can live and work. Um, that's, I think, one of the visions and hopes for the future. But one of the things I would like to see people do is because we put this on many platforms is for them in the comments below. If you have an idea, you know, you want them to reach out to you. If you want to help or if you have an idea, if you're a small business, please post in the comments. You know, definitely let us know, you know, what you want uh, to see, you know, vision for the future. And of course, this is really more for people who who live here you know how do you want to see your town evolve and change because at the end of it this is the tough part we have to come up we have to have these discussions and we have to come with these solutions together so um we are at about our time here and and i wanted to thank you so much awesome. i really appreciate you coming and telling your story and and i i definitely you know we'll be reaching out to you if i come across you know, a good opportunity to hooey up with other business owners. Absolutely. Good word. Good word. Yeah. No, thank you so much. Both of you. Brian, always good seeing you, brother. You know, <laughs> yeah. Brian's yeah, family. I appreciate, I appreciate you, Maui. Reach out to me and everyone understand, you know, we're having conversations with the community of the people of Lahaina, whether it's a business, a home or a family member, because the main goal I wanted to do, and I talked to Clint about it, was share the stories of the people that were there, all the stories that want to be shared, and let's work together to figure this thing out. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. If there's anything I can do for you guys or other businesses or even people there, you know, to help get a voice out or, you know, let me know. You know, I just, I'm all, I'm all in. I'm here till my last breath. All you right. Know, I just, this is my home. And I'm just, thank you so much, you guys. Hey, aloha. Thank you, thank you Maui, Mike. And uh, thank you, Byron. I really appreciate you setting this up. And uh, again, I'm Clint Hansen with Maui Real Estate Radio. And thank you for joining us. Listen to this where any and all of your podcasts are. And of course, you can always go to MauiRealEstateRadio.com. Aloha. <laughs>